Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Last week we introduced a new series of programmes, Colin. We're looking at the church and in particular God's purposes for his church. Last week we looked at uh, how to be a a genuine believer, a member of the true church. And I think we went through church history in a potted version of church history. This week, we're taking a more particular look at the ministries in the church. What does it take to have good leadership qualities? What is God looking for? Yes, it was a very potted history, wasn't it? But um, Yes, what we're doing is we're looking at the New Testament, seeing what God anticipates and expects uh, his church to be. Okay, now we've seen that the church, that, the, that there are these four essentials for somebody belonging to the one true church, never mind what denomination they're in, never mind what um, title they, their fellowship has. There are people who have genuinely repented, not only are their sins forgiven, but they have turned their lives over and submitted themselves to Jesus Christ as their Lord. Secondly, that they are true believers, that they believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who gave his life for them on the cross. He's raised from the dead, and so that they're now made one with him uh, in his risen life. Thirdly, that they have been baptized uh, as believers in water because uh, by that act they are incorporated into Christ and and his inheritance becomes their inheritance, and they have received the life and gift of the Holy Spirit by which a believer, without which the, a believer cannot live the Christian life, and without whom the church cannot be the church. Now, uh, we have said that there is only one church, and it exists of all those that have fulfilled those particular um, necessities in in their lives. So uh, even in any given church, there will be you know, some that are part of the one true church and some who are not because they don't fulfill those requirements. Now, in the church of, of Jesus Christ, what kind of ministries should there be? Because we've seen that historically the church has departed so far from the biblical concept of church that it's you're hardly able to relate what we see today to what existed, what was God's purpose at the very beginning, what the Holy Spirit uh, was producing when uh, the first believers uh, received the gift of the Spirit. Well, now, many of us will know well the scripture from uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, where God gave particular ministries to the church. Now, this is what we must bear in mind, that the church can only prosper where God is in charge. Jesus Christ is the head of the body. Uh, we as members form the parts of the body, but the whole body has to be controlled by the head, not by man, but by Christ which is why uh, Jesus says, I will build my church. He doesn't say I will build your churches, but I will build my church. Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the growth. 
referring to the growth that is to take place in the church. So everything actually depends upon the head. Everything depends upon the way in which he causes his spirit to move in individual believers and in their life corporately to enable them to be the church and to fulfill the call of the church. And we've seen that that call is to reach the world with the gospel, with the life and the power of God's kingdom. Now, he gave these five ministries, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. First of all, why did God give these ministries? Well, the scripture says, to prepare God's people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up. Now, the body of Christ is the church. How is the church going to be built? The church is going to be built by all the people that belong to the church, that true church that we're talking about, fulfilling the works of service to which God calls them. So we can see immediately that everybody that is incorporated into the body of Christ, into the church, is called to service. Just like the head, you know, Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. So we're not called to go to church. We're not called to simply be receivers. We're not called just to be taught. We're called to service. Now, we use this word ministry today, but ministry simply means service. That's what the word means. A ministry is a service. So everybody in the church is to have their particular service, the way in which they serve. They serve God, they serve the body, and as part of the body, they reach out to serve Christ in the world. Now, how are they prepared for those works of service? By the five different ministries which are really five distinct anointings that God gives. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Now, one of, the, one of the ways in which the church has gone wrong is that in many places, the people in any given congregation never see an apostle, a true apostle in the biblical sense, or a prophet. They may not even see an evangelist. They've got a pastor, and they might have a teacher. He might be a teacher, he might not be, of God's word. Well, how can the church be built up in the way that God intends when he gave all five of these ministries or all five of these anointings to build the church up? So in other words, the church can only become what he intends it to be when these five ministries are influencing any particular congregation. Now, not every congregation will have an apostle because apostles really um, are people that have a wide remit. They, they are, only God can make apostles. Let me say there's an apostolic movement that has gone haywire in the last few years where men are appointing others to be apostles. That, that has always been a mistake. Only God can create a true apostle. As only God can create a true prophet. Can you imagine somebody saying, oh, we're appointing you as the prophet to our church? I mean, that's a recipe for disaster. 
or, you know, we're making you the evangelist when there's no anointing on them to be an evangelist. And we've got some queer ideas of, of what it means to be an apostle. You know, some people think if they planted two or three churches, that makes them an apostle. Well, that's not an apostle in the New Testament. You've only got to go back to Scripture to see what an apostle is. So there's no time to get into a lot of detail now. But also, most churches won't have a prophet. Now, every believer can prophesy. But a prophet is someone who really has the heart of God, would speak from God into the life of a congregation. And uh, sad to say, there are many sort of self-appointed prophets today who actually do more harm than good. Um, I call them sort of self-conscious prophets. And, and I say, Lord, preserve us from self-conscious prophets because they do so much destruction, you know. Because, you see, to be given a place of influence and authority scripturally, you have to be under authority. So these sort of characters that wander around saying, I've got a word from God for you, should never be listened to unless you know they're people that are submitted to authority, that they are overseen in a proper way, spiritually speaking. Because, um, you know, everything that is given to the church prophetically has to be tested. And it's never to be tested by the one who gives it, but by the one who oversees those who give it. Then, of course, the, the evangelists are those with a particular anointing to reach out um, and to, they're, they're confrontational people. They will confront people with their need to repent, their need to believe. Um, so they are people that constantly are bringing people to Christ but bring them in a, in a right way, not just getting them to make some superficial act of commitment, uh, not just wandering forward at a meeting or raising a hand or something like that. An evangelist is someone who sees a person is really, truly born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he doesn't try to disciple them, but he passes them on to the pastor. What is the pastor to do? He is the one who is making disciples. He is the one who is uh, leading those disciples forward in the purposes of God teaching them the word of God uh, so that, that not just that they become knowledgeable of the word, but they're actually putting that word into operation in their lives. Now, all these influences are needed if the church is to grow. So uh, a church will need to have apostolic oversight. A church will need to have a true prophetic input. A church will need to have those with anointed an anointing to evangelize. Everybody is a witness, but not all are evangelists. Uh, people will need an anointed pastor, not someone who's just filling in because there's nobody else to do the job, but he is anointed by God, he is called by God. So he's, he's not just a nice guy that everybody finds friendly, but he really is leading the people forward in the purposes of God even though the people may not want to go that way. But he's not leading them in his own way. He's leading them to see the church become what it's supposed to be biblically. And so he's teaching people not to just perpetuate the ecclesiastical religious systems that exist, but to become a true expression of the body of Christ. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 